Yeah, at at the new store, we're creating an, an experience, right? A lot of people know the story already. The meat is local. It's slaughtered on demand. It's from farmers, right? Not big industrial farmers. Farmers like you and I that are small, just trying to feed their family, but raise good, good livestock, cattle, sheep, lamb. The meat is halal. It's clean. And when you come into the store, we're creating an ambiance. Mm. You know, no more having to walk into the the old-fashioned, intimidating butcher shop. You're going to hear music. You're going to see images and, and colors that you can relate to. You're going to meet a friendly staff. You know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll want to take pictures. You'll want to meet the staff, have conversations with them. Out with the old and with the new. Slaughterhouse in Queens, New York. It was there that Abu sharpened his butchering skills, business acumen, and overall appreciation for ethical farming. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation about the process of establishing a successful business and how to build a foundation in the earliest stages. First and foremost, thank you for being here, my guy. How are you doing? What's going on? What's new? Everything's fine. Thank okay. you for having me today. No problem, bro. The setup is great. <laughs> yeah, so let's 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 go back when we first started, bro. Like I know like we both came a long way. So it's kind of crazy to kind of see you adapt to your environment, adapt to the circumstances that you in. How has COVID been for you? It was different for everybody, of course, <laughs> but for me it was great. This is one of the best times of my life. Honestly, like I enjoyed every moment of it. Um, it has it, it had its highs and lows, but I enjoyed the break from everything. Like the minute they said, don't go outside, mm. I couldn't be more happier. Yeah. And then just from like a business standpoint, it was just, it was perfect because the food industry broke down. And because of that, a lot of people couldn't get products, food products. A product like mine, and so I felt like Batman. <laughs> I saw like the bat, the bat signal in the air. Yeah, for sure. And I just been on go ever since. Okay, and um, early before we even got on, you spoke about family and how that has been a little bit of a struggle for you. Can you touch on that a little bit briefly? Because yeah. sometimes people just see like the business aspect of of you, but they don't really get that personal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, half of my family is in West Africa and Senegal. Um, I usually go there like at least every summer or at least every winter. But due to COVID and like the way the business has been growing, I haven't been able to get over there. So I haven't been there in like the summer of 2019. So, I mean, my father was just over there, but I don't think I'll be going back for a while. But, you know, you got WhatsApp and all this other stuff to stay in contact. So 
Yeah, so it's it's kind of crazy, man. And um, um, you know, I'm sorry that you're going through that, but I know that you still stay in contact with them, which is a good thing. And I think it's essential for you to have that support early on now, because you right now you had a turning point. It's a lot of pieces being moved, and it's always good to have family or people that just support you, you know, or like generally and organically. So I think that's good. Um, so what are like some things that you've been doing to take care of yourself and to make sure that you don't fall off the rail? Well, like in life. In life, um, it could be business too. Okay. Um <laughs> I've been having fun. Yeah. Kevin. I've been <laughs> I've been having fun, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. In um May, I went to Aruba for the first time. Beautiful island. Yeah. You should definitely go there. <laughs> um, I've been to Miami a few times. I love Miami. That's one of my favorite cities. Yeah, I've been there. I was there, when was it? Like, yeah, I think May for like, I said less than a week. I can't be there more than a week, bro. It's like. Oh, yeah. Miami's <laughs> definitely, I call it a two-day. Yeah, two-day. Yeah. I mean, you got to get in and get out. It's like going to Vegas kind of thing. You got to be there in yeah, and out, yeah. you know? So, okay. Yeah, I just been having fun, hanging out with my friends, my family, traveling, and just building the business, really. Yeah. And you recently linked up um, David or no? Yes. Yeah, right? Actually, I was in Aruba with David. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay yeah, we yeah. had a crazy time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, connected with him because you haven't seen him, like, before, prior to that. It was, like, a year. Yeah, because, you know, he's up in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. So, and he's doing incredible things with Shoe Jack City, mm-hmm. um, you know, the sneaker app and everything. So, linking up with him was always great. He's a good friend, as you know. Yeah. So, And it's kind of crazy because like, I think I met you through him. If I'm not mistaken. Dave is the extra link to everybody. Yeah. David knows everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows David. <laughs> so that was bound to happen. Yeah. So it's and it's kinda like when I think back in retrospect, it's kinda crazy, like how we connected and also like the work that you had to put on early on. Cause a lot of people don't know that, you know, you wasn't like you didn't have a business at first, like it was all in a planning stage, but you was doing the work though. You know? Yeah. So can you speak about that? Like, how was it like working a full-time job knowing that, hey, this is not what I really want to do, but I have to set things in motion? Yeah. See, that, see, you was there from the beginning. Yeah. Kevin, because <laughs> you were around when, like you said, I was in the planning stages. I used to work. You used to see me. I would mm-hmm. work for the listeners. I would work on my business plan like almost every day, planning it out. Um, doing research, doing my 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 target market, this location, um, suppliers, all that type of stuff. So I put all of that together in like 2018. 2019 is when I started to like apply for grants and competitions and all this stuff. And um, I was more like the testing stage of the business, seeing if it could actually work. 2020 hit, COVID hit, and... That's when I've been on go. Yeah, for sure. So that's what's up, man. Like I said, yeah, I've been there. So it was kind of dope to kind of see you, like, move up in the ranks. And I think the way you did it, too, was very um, quietly, which is how you're supposed to do things. You know, you want people to kind of, like, put those negative energy on you and say, oh, nah, why why are you even trying to open up your own business? You know what I mean? So don't get me wrong. I I get that today. (laughs) I'm serious. I got, like grown people old enough to be my parents talking negatively about it just happened a few nights ago but I don't let none of that matters to me because the people that's actually doing things and actually accomplish things in their life those are not the ones that are talking to you like that it's always the people that either gave up on something 
or wish they could be in your position that's going to talk down on you. Yeah, for real. And then I'm glad that you brought that up because um, I feel like sometimes people think that when they start anything new or anything that's good, they feel like the support should always be there. But from your experience, it's not always the case. No, and I don't expect nothing. <laughs> I don't. Um, I just, I just focus on what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't expect any support from anybody. I don't. Yeah, none of that really exists when I'm like creating. Yeah, so I think because I think what you've been doing right now is just blocking the noise as you should. So it's just amazing how, like, you have to be professional. At the same time, deal with that personal that people don't really know. Because as a, as a consumer, we want everything, you know, like handed to us. And we don't know like the things that you go through. So it's kind of dope for you to kind of like share that part of you and to be real with it. You know what I mean? Um, like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm just like so proud of you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Like, I was just thinking about like, um, like the promotional video and how like you, you did like when we first spoke about it right. you was kind of telling me that so it, it's just kind of crazy how you know i'm seeing this unfold when everybody's like oh shit i'm like now nah, i already knew he was gonna do that you know what i mean so it's it's good to to, to like to just see it man thank you yeah I, years ago in my crazy head like <laughs> all of this was going on and now it's going on mm. and that's only because again it was going on in my head like visualization and thinking about and planning out what you want to do mm-hmm. is like 50% of the work because if you can see it and it sounds cliche, but if you can see it and create it in your head, you can do it. Yeah, for sure. In real life. Yeah. So that's all that that is. So when you was like planning and like, and then you got to a point where like things are actually moving, right? Meaning that you, um, you know, you have operation as running, um, what were some of your expectations as like as far as meeting the goal for that year? Like, did you have any expectation at all, or was it just like I'm gonna see how people respond to this? I I don't really have a time frame on anything. Drake said something. Oh boy! No, no, no. it's gonna make sense in headlines. You know that song. Mm-hmm. They know, they know, they know. <laughs> right? He says a line in there. I just take my time with all this. Like, he's patient. He doesn't rush anything. And that was in, what, 2011 that song came out. When he said that, and it was a very subtle line. It wasn't anything crazy. Mm-hmm. But he said, I just take my time with I don't. I still believe in that. Like, I don't rush anything. I just let it happen the way it happens. And that's the way I approach all of this. I never had a time frame on anything. Um, I don't rush anything. I don't try to meet any deadlines. You brought up the promotional video. I wanted to drop that in August. I didn't end up dropping until September 1st. Mm. I didn't get upset over it. I wasn't like, dang, I need to put this out. It just happened to be finished later than I was expecting. And it still did what I wanted it to do. Mm. So that's good that you mentioned like the part that um, like patience um, I think when you are running the business, you have to have patience. You can't um, do things based on everybody else's schedule or um, expectations. Because I think that's how you could kind of like rush into things and things don't happen the way it yeah. happened. And you, and at the end of the day, you can only blame yourself because at the end of the day, you are moving to pieces. So, And I would say to not only have patience, mm-hmm. but to be a patient person. 
that is where you really want to be. Mm. Because you can have patience, but that doesn't mean you're going to exercise it. So I'm a very, very, very patient person in all things. So adopt that patience. Okay. And so you, you mentioned like the promotion of video, how like he was on a job in August, but you end up dropping in September. So like, did you ever have or like experience where like you did something that it didn't happen your way and you kind of have to go back to the drawing board? So it could be in regards to like sales or even like staff, you know, things like that. Cause people don't really talk about that. I have a perfect example. <laughs> and my brother Malik could vouch for this. I thought that my butcher shop was going to open the same year I put my business plan together, which was in 2018. Obviously, that didn't happen. <laughs> I didn't get upset over it. I didn't stomp my feet over it. Nothing. I just stayed the course. Okay. And to fast forward, right, um, can you share me, like, what do you plan on doing this for as far as expanding your, uh, your business? So, uh, as you know, I'm opening a retail shop. It'll be a, the butcher shop, Prince Abu's. Um, that'll be, that's on schedule to open this fall. It'll be on Steinway Street in Astoria, Queens. Um, and once that's open, I'm, I'm hoping to be open. I'm not going to say any dates. I'll tell you off air. All right. <laughs> it'll be open, God willing, before Thanksgiving. Okay, that's what's up. All right, so that's right there, man, because this month is almost over. Right. So that's what's up. And I think it'll be dope to have it in, like, in November because that's, like, the, the, the month where people out of, like like to eat and feast, you know? Oh, yeah. So they're going to need all those meats, man. They got big big plans for turkey this year, so. Okay, that's what's up. Oh, man. Like like I said, man, it's just kind of crazy how far, like, you you, you, um, you became and how, like, much your business is um, expanding. Um, what did it take? to get to this place though? Cause I know you mentioned planning, you mentioned grant, but like what else though? Cause that's like opening your own store. That's like real like bold, you know what I mean? And it's something that that's a whole nother ball game. You feel me? Yeah, it is. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want it to come off as though like I'm some big time entrepreneur that has it all figured out. And nah, I don't know what, like, I, I just learned, I just learned something I needed for licensing like two days ago. Like I'm learning in the process, but to get to this point just took like, just, uh, how do I even explain it? I don't want it to come off offensive, mm. but just being driven. Mm. I don't know what else to really call it, but this is, okay, I'll just explain it from my point of view. Okay. This is something that I want, that I've wanted for a very long time. And because I want it, I'm going to work for it. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what I have to do, the embarrassment, the failures, all of that. None of that will ever and has never gotten in the way of me accomplishing this. So that's what it took for me to get to this point. It's just, yeah, all of this stuff is going to happen, but I want this is something that I want. So whether it's a brick wall or whatever, 
I'm going to find a way through that to get to what I want. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's like, and it's like, in a way, like the way you're saying is very simple, right? Um, you know, you have this goal in mind and you're giving it your, your all pretty much. So I think for some people it's like they get in, in this, in this um, cycle where they want to do something, but there's a lot of distraction around them or they just don't have that. They don't really want it. You know what right. I mean? It's like athletes. You have great athletes. You have good athletes. You have athletes who not are so great. It depends on their work ethic. So I think um, for you, it's really that and also the passion. That Passion is, is, a, is a thing. If you don't have passion for something, it's not going to come out the way it's going to come out. You know what I mean? So right. I think that's part of it too. Right. You know and, I mean? and my boy, I know, I mean, he can vouch for this like, the the trips that he and I have had to make, you know, across state lines, going to different farms, meeting different farmers, doing favors for people. Like, there's a lot that went into this. And we were only able to do that stuff because this is something that we want. So you're going to do, you're going to do, if you really want it, you're going to do what it takes. Yeah, basically. for sure. And- also, like early on, like speak on the like how you didn't have a lot of staff when you first started. So a lot of times you had to do the the deliveries yourself, right? Yeah, I still don't. Like I have, I have you know friends and family that help me with the day to day stuff. Mm -hmm. But realistically, I'm the only person on staff. Wow, I'm That's doing dedication all of, right yeah, there. I'm doing all. Of, I've been doing all of this, all the meat cutting, the the. The packaging, the online stuff, the social media. Like, I got people telling me to hire a social media manager and all this stuff, but I think I'm doing all right. Hey, you know, you like, doing more than all right. I've spent zero to this day, I've spent zero dollars on any ads or marketing or anything. I don't promote any posts or nothing, not because I'm opposed to it, but what I'm doing is working. So, yeah, I'm the only person on staff, Kevin. It's wow, like, that's crazy. So, you just. <laughs> One man team right now, wow. and it's small. Yeah, it's not like I'm operating some large scale business. Mm. It's still a very very small business, but yeah, I'm knocking out most of it. Wow, that's amazing, man! And, and that's passion. That's that's passion in its truest form. So that's what's up, man. And as a consumer, right? One thing that I'm very um, interested in is like. What is the experience that I should be expecting when I walk into those doors and, you know, I'm picking out a meat? What's like, what's going to make your store different from any other butchery store? Yeah. At, at the new store, we're creating an, an experience, right? A lot of people know the story already. The meat is local. It's slaughtered on demand. It's from farmers, right? Not big industrial farmers. Farmers like you and I that are small, just trying to feed their family, but raise good good livestock, cattle, sheep, lamb. The meat is halal. It's clean. And when you come into the store, we're creating an ambiance. Mm. You know? No more having to walk into the the old fashioned, intimidating butcher shop. You're gonna hear music. You're going to see images and, and colors that you can relate to. You're going to meet a friendly staff. You know, you, you'll, you'll, you'll want to take pictures. You'll want to meet the staff, have conversations with them. 
out with the old and with the new. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm glad that you mentioned like how it's gonna have music and things of, of that sort because like I've been to a bunch of store before, <laughs> and one of the things it is intimidating for me, especially for me. Like I don't know, it's just like when I hear like the the knife being cut, I'm just that's all I'm hearing, and then also like the floor being real slippery, and then everybody real like intense. <laughs> you feel me? Exactly. So it makes me feel like. Uh, should I even walk in here and ask for me? Like, you feel me? So You're not going to have to deal with none of that. Right. <laughs> that that cleaver hitting the block, that's going to become music to your ears. Right. Oh, man. So that's what's up, man. Like, And a lot of butchery stores is, oh, now you good, bro. A lot of butchery stores, like, they don't play music. It's just them just cutting meat up, working. I know. And so even- I've been in the butcher shop since <laughs> I was four years old. Yeah. So I get it. You mm-hmm. got it. You know, big, intimidating guys, mm-hmm. old, you know, that will just stare at you when you walk in, this type of stuff. <laughs> and it's not their fault. It became the culture almost. Mm-hmm. But I'm 26. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm coming with a whole new yeah. way. And that's what's up, man. I'm, I'm glad that you, you're trying to change that, like, that stereotype, you feel me? And creating something more than what it is, because that's that's... That's where like it's needed. So you right now you fulfilling the need, right. you feel me? Um, and I feel like that's gonna change the whole game in regards to people experience. Cause people like it's funny like people they love to eat, bro, but they don't like the process that go behind it. You know what I mean? So I feel like you are making that process more um, comfortable for them and giving them that experience. Like people don't think about stuff like that. Now you good, bro. <laughs> But to, to your point, yes. Mm-hmm. So my product is for people that cook. Mm-hmm. So I want I, my my plan is to make that process of preparing uncooked foods easy for you to prepare, easy for you to understand what you need, what you want. It's not just going to be meat. There, we'll have seasonings, condiments, um, some produce, oh, things wow. you need. Barbecue season. I mean, it's over now, but you know, wood chips, coal. Oh, uh, that type of stuff. Oh, that's what's up. Oh, shit. Yeah, cause yeah, okay. So that that's that's even better. Like that's like you adding that's even more stuff that you add into the table. Exactly. Wow. Because people don't really think about like, oh shit, like I I got, I got this meat, but how I'm gonna make a dish out of it? What exactly. I'm gonna do with it? You know. So that's what's up. Okay. Um, what are some hurdles that you had to overcome, <laughs> if any? So especially like now that you open in the store. So you did mention like the license, right? What else is to it in regards to like building the store up and making sure that it looks the way you want it to look. Obviously I have to comply with the USDA. That's the United States department of agriculture. So anybody that's selling meat in the U S there's certain guidelines that you have to meet to um, operate a, a butcher shop. So I'm doing right now. The main focus is to comply with their requirements. After that, like I said, it's going to be an experience. It's not just a butcher shop. This is somewhere that you'll feel comfortable in. So working on that. And uh, other than that, that, that's all I can really say for now. Okay. As, um, uh, as far as like, um, like, because I know when you get a store, it's usually empty. There's nothing really there. 
So you have to like get the fridge, get all those things. How is that coming along? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Equipment wise, Mm -hmm. I'm pulling out all the stops. Oh, okay. Everything that that a butcher shop. I have a friend. His name is Dylan. He's a butcher out in Paris. And um, I've been in contact with him. I mean, I have several mentors in the industry. Okay. That's how, that's another, I, I forgot to bring that up. And that I definitely want to speak on because this is not something that I'm doing on my own. I have a lot of friends, uncles, um, mentors, all in the industry, in the butcher industry that, that helped get me to this point. And without them, I wouldn't have gotten to where I am right now, per se. I definitely would have been involved, but they made it a lot um, easier for me to get there. And I would, I definitely want to thank all of them for helping me get there. My my uncle, my uncle Leon, my my boy Anil, um, Dylan, um, Uncle Norm, everybody from BBU. Uh, who else? Uncle Nayef. I mean, there's just like tons of people in the industry. So I bring that up to say they've helped me outline the store. Mm. Things that I need, things I don't need, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what I should do right now and what I should do later. Um, so as far as refrigeration, you know, I'm having like like nearly a 12 feet long refrigerator, wow. walk-in box, um, meat grinder for, for sausage and patties. Um, display case, butcher block, bandsaw, wow. everything a butcher shop needs, I'll, I'll have in there. That's what's up. And man, like, I'm glad that you, you, you spoke about like mentorship and having people who was able to kind of like give you the, the ins and out of opening. Cause sometimes people kind of like downplay of having a mentor or what that really looks like. And even for me, I needed to mentor to, to, to kind of like give me the ends of like how to be a social worker, like what should I be looking at, who I should be talking to, right? And even like, even my current role, I was able to get it by somebody that I connected with. So what you're doing is like dope, man, because you you building a network that you always want to have. And even when you get to a place where like, I'm like untouchable, you're still going to have them. And yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, so And you got to play it on both sides. Like I have a lot of, People, friends, family that will complain to me about not being able to find mentors or the relationships not working out. And a lot of times what they tell, I ask them, well, what happened? Like, what's going on? Why isn't it it working? Sometimes it is the mentor. Most times it's them. (laughs) Like, I'm going to just say a a few tips. Like, shut up for one. Like, a lot of them just talk too much. Be quiet when you're around them. And this is what I do. And it works. I'm quiet. I don't say anything unless I'm spoken to. You can learn more from your mentor just being around them and just hearing and observing than if you're constantly asking them for asking them questions, asking them for advice. Of course, you're going to ask them these things. But when you're around them and something's happening, just observe it. Take it all in. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that come to me and complain it's because they're overstepping, I feel like. They're networking down by giving you their time. They don't need you. My mentors don't need me. For sure. <laughs> I'm nothing. I, I don't I don't <laughs> they don't need me. They give they're they're voluntarily giving me their time. 
this small amount of time. So I'm going to maximize that and understand that and not overstep on that. Yeah, for sure. And also as a, a reciprocal relationship. So like you have to kind of like give them something as well. Not necessarily, it don't have to be like what they're giving you, but yes. at least something for them to kind of like take with them and also learn because that's how they yes. grow as mentors, you know? Yes, exactly. And when they do, kill it. Mm-hmm. Kill that. Like <laughs> don't just half do it or anything. Like if they give you an opportunity to do something, go all the way. Show them that you're of value. For sure. And that, cause that's how that's that's what's going to stick, and that's what you're going to be remembered by, you know. So that's yeah, I agree with that, man. Um, so I want to go back, right? You did mention like, um, getting grants, right? How was it earning that ten thousand dollar grant from the on um, the Queens Economic Development Program, also known as Queen Startup? Like, how was that feeling? You know, Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> that was. That, I'm so glad that that's behind me now. And here's why I say that. I won that this year, but I competed in it three times. I competed in 2018, 2019, and 2020. And then then I was announced the winner in 2021. So even though I applied in 2020, it rolled over into the next year. I'm so happy that that's behind me. Because I, I lost mm-hmm. each time. The first two times, I, I I didn't win. And that was very difficult for me to deal with. At heart, I'm such a competitor. And losing is like the worst thing in the world. It's so embarrassing. I'd rather be dead. Mm. And so losing that was just like, it weighed on me for a long time. And... But I knew that I was going to continue to compete. I didn't win the first time. I signed up the second time. Didn't win the second time. Damn sure I signed up for the third time. And when I came for the third time, like by that time, I was so developed in terms of knowing how to pitch to the judges, answering questions, putting my, my pitch deck together, um, the whole thing. Like my, my game was so sharp by then. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I, I ended up winning it. And... um and it wasn't easy either. Even though I had everything together, I still had to practice. We had to deliver like a five-minute uh, pitch to the judges, you know, in the finals. I had to practice that day in and day out. Stay home, up, you know, late nights and just saying the same thing over and over and over and over. The same five-minute pitch until I know it to where I'm not going to mess up. And um, winning it definitely helped me get to this point with the new store so thank you to the queen startup and the qedc thank you mr roy another one of my mentors he's from the qedc mr roy pelicano helped me throughout that process and yeah yeah for sure um you mentioned like losing a couple times right did you like found anyone like who lost as well and that they was coming back and like did you feel for the energy as well or it wasn't, nah, it was just like, no. you didn't really care about who you saw. You just like really focused on winning. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really know anyone from the competition anyway. Like I saw their businesses. I would see them at different things or, you know, on Zoom or whatever. But I don't want to talk to anybody. I, I, <laughs> I'm here. I'm Strictly business. I'm, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, excuse me, they're opponents of mine. And... This is a competition. 
I want to beat you. I'm not concerned with building a friendship with you. Yeah. And that might sound a little aggressive. <laughs> that and was crazy. intense. <laughs> it might sound a little crazy, but and maybe it comes from my wrestling background. Wrestled in high school, competing in jujitsu, kickboxing, all this stuff. So maybe I transfer a lot of that into this. But as far as I'm concerned, it's all competition. Yeah, as you should, man. That's what's up. And was there anything that you learned like from this entire um process leading up to like opening your own store? Like what did you learn? It could be the competition, it could be um, you know, the way you operate, it could be um, you know, the store or even like things that's coming after. I'm still learning things. Nothing major, but I'm learning things along the way. And I think I'll always continue to. Even people that are big time CEOs of stuff, they're they're still learning also. Okay, for sure. And yeah, thank you for sharing that, man. And lastly, what is one piece of advice that you can give to the audience out there that may be tuning in right now? Any words of encouragement or something that you feel like they need to hear at this point given time? I would just speak to people that are trying to accomplish anything, specifically in business. If you want something, go after it and don't stop. If you don't know what to do, if you're not sure, sure where to go, where to, you can ask questions. You know, you can Google things. These are all things I'm, I'm giving the advice on things that I'm doing, things that, are, that have worked for me. Ask questions, seek help, use Google, and don't give up. Make a plan. Allow for the possibility that what you're creating can help people. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for sharing that, man. If someone's if someone wants to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to do so? I'm on uh Instagram, tw- Instagram Prince Abu's Butchery, P R I N C E A B O U S. Butchery, I'm not going to try to spell that. My butchery. <laughs> um Facebook, same thing, Prince Abu's Butchery. Twitter, Prince at Prince Abu's. And uh, again, we'll, we'll be on Steinway Street in Astoria this this fall. The store is almost ready. And thank you. I right, appreciate you, bro. No problem, man. That was great. Awesome. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review. Remember, you can connect and follow us on our social media pages to stay informed. Links will be provided in the episode notes. Thank you for tuning in. Remember this. This is the only podcast that speaks facts.